Hey, Mr. Reg, we got a note from a mom in Massachusetts. It was tied with twine to the leg of our good friend, Remy the Robin, who just dropped it off, and I'm officially delivering it to your hotline desk. Ooh, my quills are quivering with excitement. What does it say? She writes that Caden and Emmeline listen to our podcast in the car a lot, and they had to let us know that they love us and our stories. Caden and Emmeline, as the Commander-in-Chief, a.k.a. the President, of the Dork Squad... You're the... the... what? Yes, well, I nominated myself and voted for myself. So it's official. Ahem. By the powers I have granted myself... You are now and forevermore members of our Dork Squad. Congratulations, you two! And thanks again for being such loyal listeners to our podcast. Grown-ups, we want to hear from your kids, too. Hang out until the end of the credits for ways to contact us. Or look in the show notes. Hello, Dork Squad. I'm Jonathan Cormer, and you're listening to Dork Tales Storytime, the podcast for kids and their pop culture-loving grown-ups. It's a beautiful day for a story, adventure and glory, new friends and old ones too. It's an excellent day to get swept away in a tale, so let us regale you. Greetings! Hello, boils, ghouls, and other non-corporeal entities. It is I, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Ooh, oh, excuse me. Um. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, I mean, uh, the narrator. Or for this story's purposes, the scarator. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. The Scarator? <laughs> what is going on here, Jonathan? I-, I only asked. You only asked if I would help you get into the spirit of Halloween before you headed out to trick-or-treat. Right, Mr. Reg? Well, um, yes. But... And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm here to scarerate a spooky tale that will make your quills stand on end. My quills always stand on end, Jonathan. Why are you using that ridiculous voice? And what is with this robe and beard? Just to hand out candy... Why are you dressed as Dumbledore? Well, to be honest, I've eaten most of the candy, and Dumble is one door I won't open. But I'll definitely give you a hint about my character. You shall not pass. Uh, Pass what? Gas? (laughs) Too late, chap. That's the first treat I've tricked today. Oh, Poor, young, totally vulnerable Reginald. You may be flippant about my costume as Gandalf, one of the greatest wizards of all time, 
But what's truly frightening is that you're also forgetting the point of this spooky holiday. The point? To trick sweets from gullible fools who think I'm actually Sonic the Hedgehog. I hate to break it to you, buddy, but you can't just paint your body blue and trick people into thinking you're Sonic. Well, I could if I didn't leave my many golden rings at home. The only thing you left is tiny blue footprints all over my carpet. <laughs> Why would you paint the bottom of your feet? Commitment! Besides, didn't you learn how to magically clean up paint at Hogwarts? I am not Dumbledore. For the last time, I'm Gandalf the Grey. You know, from The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Whoa, whoa, Jonathan. I was just having a little fun. You know, you're getting kind of scary. I am? Yes, I only came here for treats before meeting up with Thomas the Turtle and the Loppy Sisters, Flippy and Floppy. Well, there's lots more to Halloween than just trick-or-treating, Reg. Sometimes people like to feel the exhilaration of fear. In fact, people often go out of their way on Halloween to be scared. Like how? By telling scary stories. Are you ready for one? Well, apparently I haven't been celebrating Halloween fully, so why not? But I have to warn you, I don't think I can be scared. Oh? Are you sure about that? No. Um, I mean, yes? Good. Let me tell you a tale that will send shivers up your quivers and make your teeth chatter with fright. This is the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Or as some like to call it, the story of the Headless Horseman. Ooh, I just shivered. It felt like an ice cube ran down my spine. <laughs> Once upon a time, in the town of Sleepy Hollow. <sighs> you said this story was scary, not sleepy. Just the name is making me tired. <sighs> don't know how I'll go trick-or-treating now. Hey, don't judge a story by its title. This one will definitely wake you up. Once upon a time, in the town of Sleepy Hollow lived a kind-hearted schoolteacher named Ichabod Crane. Ichabod is right. What a peculiar name. Well, that's not all. In Sleepy Hollow, there were other interesting characters, like Brombones and Katrina Van Tassel. Ooh, Brombones sounds like an interesting character. Was he quite... Humorous? <laughs> uh, that's a good reference, buddy. Now you're getting it. Now, back to Sleepy Hollow. None of this sounds very scary yet, Jonathan. Oh, just you wait. <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> All right, fine. But please, no more scary to voice. No promises. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, Brom Bones. Brom was a pretty well-known young dude about town. 
He had always been the largest and strongest kid, and he grew into the loudest and strongest young man, with a large ego to boot. He was very, very sure of himself. Sounds a little too sure, if you ask me. You're absolutely right. Brom was a bit of a, well, bully. And you know who he loved to pester? Hmm, must be the odd one, uh, Ichabod. Exactly. Ichabod was sweet and smart, but not large and strong enough to stand up to Brom's bullying. Brom would often corner him in the market and yell out loud enough for everyone to hear, Oh, it's old Ickadee-Doo-Dah, Mr. Icky-Picky-Sticky-Tricky-Bod-Crane. <laughs> Are you lost or something? Ooh, ruthless. He truly was. Some say Brom was just out to get Ichabod because he was unhappy with himself. Others just think Brom liked to see Ichabod squirm under his menacing glare. But regardless of their theories, everyone agreed that tension between Brom and Ichabod got much, much worse when Katrina Van Tassel came into town. Ooh, I had forgotten about her. How did I miss that? You were too busy making fun of the names Brom Bones and Ichabod Crane. Well, I'm just trying to liven it up a bit. How about we deaden it up a bit, huh? Why, are there zombies? Well, not really, no. Then what are you going on about, Jonathan? Uh, this story won't scare me. Well, we haven't come to the chilling and creepy part of the story yet. Katrina Van Tassel was a very beautiful young woman, and both Brom and Ichabod were smitten with her. In fact, the second Ichabod laid eyes on her, he said to himself, Oh, that woman will be my wife. Hmm, a bold and confident statement. It was. But remember, he only said it to himself. See, Ichabod had a lot of superstitions. Wouldn't walk under ladders, avoided whistling, even steered clear of mirrors for fear of accidentally breaking one and ending up with seven years of bad luck. They were rituals that kept Ichabod feeling safe. Ah, I see. He was a good schoolteacher and a soft-spoken person, so he rarely spoke his feelings out loud. And to make matters worse, when he followed Katrina Van Tassel around he became even more nervous. And who likes to pick on the nervous guy? Uh-oh, the big bully. Right again. One day, Brom spied Ichabod trailing behind Katrina in the bookstore Ichabod's father owned. Here, hold these while I browse a bit more. Katrina was guiding around the dutiful Ichabod as she perused the shop. Suddenly, from behind a stack, came broad-shouldered Brom, standing at the ready to intimidate the small, book-laden Ichabod. Ho, ho, ho! What have we here? thundered Brom. Little Icky must be tripping all over himself to have a chance to be near a flower such as you. <laughs> 
He took Katrina's hand and feigned concern. I'm so sorry, fair Katrina, for this slobbering fool. Did he get any of his drool on you? <laughs> Meanwhile, Ichabod was feeling a bit more sure of himself as he gathered the courage to speak. Brom? He finally burst out, as if by accident. You've never even tried to get to know me. You've unfairly judged me, and you're acting like a mean-spirited bully. A hush fell over the bookstore as Ichabod's jab sank in. What did you say to me, little Icky? asked the smoldering Brom. Ichabod squared his shoulders up to face Braun confidently. Yes, go oddball, uh, Ichabod. And he replied, I, 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 I'm going to tell you just once to leave this shop before my father and I kick you out. It was an empowered move by Ichabod. He must have felt confident because he was on safe ground in the shop. And after Brahm stormed angrily away, Ichabod's father came around to make sure everything was all right and Katrina extended an invitation. Oh, I've never seen Ichabod so firm and animated. You're a good influence, Ms. Van Tassel. Oh, it was very special to see him stand up for me. You should come to my Halloween party tonight, Ichabod. Everyone in town will be there. Ichabod was on cloud nine, having stood up to his bully and in front of his father and the woman he loved. And on top of that, an invitation to the Van Tassel family's Halloween party. What could go wrong? Oh, is this one of those breaded fish moments? What? Breaded fish? That's not scary. No, but it's a breaded fish. You know, the moment in a story that leads the listener to believe something untrue. Oh, you mean a red herring? Yes, yes, uh, breaded fish, red herring, same thing. What's with all these silly names? Ichabod, Crane, Brom, Bones, red herring? Well, yeah, I guess what could go wrong was a little misleading. But, you know, this is a... Spooky story. Things will go wrong. <laughs> Your creepy narration and the anticipation is starting to get to me. I'm at full attention now. What happened at the party? Well, sure as Katrina predicted, everyone from town was there. Sporty Brom and skittish Ichabod were both vying for her attention all night. Each of them kept bringing her canopies and refilling her cup whenever it was empty. It was overwhelming, but even to his own surprise, Ichabod's sweetness was clearly charming Katrina more than Brom's overly confident attempts. Ichabod and Katrina laughed and danced together almost all evening. Can't be good? Right. But Brom was saving a secret weapon of his own. See, Brom knew Ichabod's gentle demeanor 
easily gave way to superstition and fear. And Brahm was going to take advantage of it. So, during a break in the dancing and music, Brahm called all the partygoers over and told them a story. One he knew that would make Ichabod squirm and shriek, especially in front of Katrina. What? No story can do all that. This one can. Brahm told of a ghost horseman who rides through the hills surrounding their town, seeking new victims to chase. And he always finds them, even though he has no head. Oh, that's not too scary. Some people think I have no head. But it's just because it's the same width as my body. What I truly have is no neck. Well, that story may not have frightened you, Reg, but it definitely did a number on Ichabod Crane. Poor Ichabod. Yep. After the story was told, Ichabod didn't feel like having any more Halloween party fun. His hands trembled, so he stopped refreshing Katrina's cup after accidentally spilling punch on not one, but three women's dresses. The night was turning into a failure, and superstitious Ichabod took it as a sign to head home. He thanked Katrina for hosting and left just before midnight. Ooh, I heard that time's commonly called the witching hour. What a great tidbit of information. Yes, Ichabod Crane left the party at the witching hour. And made his way home. But his house was on the other side of town. Instead of winding through the streets, he knew it was faster to pick up his trusty horse, named Powder, from the corral and ride home on a straight path in the woods. Though the path seemed a bit different that night. Different how? Like how you think Dumbledore and Gandalf are different? Even though it's the same costume. It's not the same costume. Whatever. Anyway, Ichabod spoke to himself as he made his way across the field to the corral. It was a path he knew well, but somehow... Wow. I guess the moonlight makes this field look a bit larger. And the music coming from the party is d d distorted. <laughs> it's kind of sp 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 spooky. He spoke aloud to himself to cut through the fear, though his lips were quivering, and he hadn't yet reached where he had tethered powder. And another thing. Oh, boy. Why is it taking him so long to cross the field? He's scared. Inching his way down the path seems like it takes a lot longer when you are nervous. Then why isn't he called Inchabod Crane? <laughs> uh, are you ready for the rest of the story now? Well, you're inching along. Mm, okay, fine. Inchabod... 
I mean, Ichabod hopped on powder. Was he a white horse? Powder can be gray. Powder can be black or chestnut brown. There are lots of types of powders. Whoa, didn't mean to strike a nerve there. Well, we're... We're getting to the exciting part of the story. All right, all right. I'm done interrupting and ready to be frightened. So... <clears throat> so, Ichabod and Powder were making their way through the shortcut in the forest when they started hearing a thump, thump, thump behind them. Ooh, oh, goodness. Ichabod's thoughts exactly. Those were not Powder's hooves. Someone was following them! But as Ichabod nervously urged Powder along, the thumping became muffled. And Ichabod convinced himself that there was nothing to be afraid of. Whew! Must be the wind blowing through the trees. He reassured himself as he pushed on. But soon, he started hearing twigs crack and leaves rustling behind him. My goodness, you were right. My quills are on end. They're always that way, buddy. True, but I'm getting spooked. So was Ichabod. He whipped his superstitious head around, fearful of what he might see. And who did Ichabod spy? But the Headless Horseman from Brahm's story! <laughs> oh, goodness! Right? Ichabod feared for his life as he raced through the woods to get home. He was only a field and a bridge away from the safety of the town, but the headless horseman wouldn't let up. <laughs> When they entered the field, the horseman drew his sword from its scabbard. Uh-oh! And with no other choice, Ichabod drew his sword. On God! He was much smaller than the horseman, but all those years of jumping about while teaching, catching books in the shop, and parrying aside so he didn't walk under a ladder not only made Ichabod a good dancer but also a great sword fighter. Well, I wouldn't say he was great, but Ichabod was quick on his feet, so he could hold his own. And hold his own he did. Circling through the field, the two with Ichabod dodging every swing of the horseman's sword and even taking a few swings back himself. Yay! Go, Ichabod! I'm sorry I said you had a silly name. After the back-and-forth play of the blades, Ichabod managed to jump back onto Powder and head for the town bridge by moonlight. He was inches away from safety. Did he make it? Did he make it? He did. Whew! But not before looking back across the bridge 
to see the headless horseman holding a flaming jack-o'-lantern with a sinister grin full of fire. He hurled it across the bridge directly at Ichabod. <laughs> oh no! Oh yes! And the next morning, when the town woke at dawn, they discovered that Ichabod Crane never returned home from the party the night before. When his father located his hat and Powder's hoofprints near the bridge, he organized a search party. The only clues they found were pieces of smashed pumpkin. Was the headless horseman Brom Bones or a ghost? Well, we don't know. All we know is that Ichabod Crane was never seen again. <laughs> Jonathan, that was a very scary tale with an unhappy ending. Well, we don't really know what happened to Ichabod. It's a mystery, not an ending. Though it does have the title of a bedtime story. Now, what did we learn about judging a book by its cover? Or a person by their name? Oh, right. I'm going to stop doing that at once. Plus, we love the oddballs of the world. We are the oddballs. You're so right, Jonathan. Through and through. Well, that really was a great way to get in the mood for trick-or-treating. <laughs> But you're not moving. Don't you want to meet Thomas the Turtle and the Lobby Sisters? Ah, uh, Jonathan, now don't take this the wrong way, but I think I'm scared stuck. Will you come too for our protection? You sure you want me to be your Ghostbuster, Reg? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, I'll tag along and watch your back. It'll be fun. I'll leave a bowl here for the trick-or-treaters who come to the door. Oh, goody. And thank you. Don't forget your broom, Dumbledore. It's a wizard staff. I'm not Dumbledore. I'm Ganda. Oh, never mind. Now, be like Sonic the Hedgehog and make speed your second name. Righto. We don't want all the good candy to be gone by the time we get out there. Or... Get caught by the headless horseman and his grinning jack o' lantern. <laughs> Remember, kiddies, next time you take a shortcut, watch out for your heads. <laughs> This has been a John in Character production. Today's story was written by Amy Thompson, edited by Molly Murphy, and performed by Jonathan Cormer. Sound recording and production by Jermaine Hamilton at Hamilton Studios. Reach out to us on Instagram or email us at dorktalestorytime at gmail.com. Find links in the show notes or go to dorktalestorytime.com. Now, 
Go be the hero of your own story, and we'll see you next Once Upon a Time. <laughs>